Hi, I'm Elena Joe, and this is Big Picture Relationships, episode number 32, Connection is About You. We all like to feel connected to people. We want to feel close friendships and close romances in our lives. But connection is also one of those strange things that the more you ask for it, the more you push for it, and the more you obsess about it, the more it seems to backfire. So let's talk today about the things you can actually do for connection in your life. I'm so glad you're here. This is Big Picture Relationships with Elena Joe, a therapist sharing insights, ideas, and real-life pep talks that encourage you to expand your perspective, maybe shift some behaviors, and make the most of real-life relationships so you can live a happy life right now. I was asked to speak at a couple's retreat about building meaningful connection in a relationship and increasing connection. And if you know me, I was all over this. I was like, yes, I have all kinds of stuff to say about this. And I am passionate about good connections. Then I realized this is a little bit dangerous actually to talk about this kind of thing at a couple's retreat. Because I'll tell you a story. Years ago, my husband and I decided, hey, let's work on our connection. Let's increase this. So I got on Amazon and I read some reviews and I ordered a book that was called something like Meaningful Questions for Couples or Questions to Answer and Increase Connection. I don't know, something like that. And we decided every Sunday night we would sit down and read a question or two and talk it through and get to know each other at this better, deeper level level and increase better to each other. Well, guess what started to happen every Sunday night? We fought. That's right. The answers to what were supposed to be meaningful and connecting and the special time we'd set aside, it did not go well. We'd end up, I don't know, getting getting into arguments about what things meant or which was more important. And eventually we threw that book away because it was not working. So for me to be approaching this couple's retreat, they were there for a weekend at this fancy resort. And I'm speaking on a Friday night, you know, before some romantic evening. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I do not want to ruin this weekend for any couple who might be in a boat a little bit like mine. So let me tell you a story that I started with to get this ball rolling when I talked with these couples. Years ago, I went to volunteer on a Saturday morning at a peach canning factory, a a fruit bottling factory. And I signed up for a shift to go basically help turn some farms produce, you know, buckets and buckets and I have a trucks full of peaches and go through a whole process and get them in cans where they could go into a storehouse for food for the needy and humanitarian efforts. So I showed up on the Saturday morning and there were probably 20 of us and I was assigned to the portion of the assembly line where I would take peach halves off of a conveyor belt and put them face down inside the can about three quarters of the way full. Sounds simple enough, right? Well, so picture over there, someone's getting started by boiling and then skinning off these peaches, and someone else is cutting them in half and removing the pits, and then the conveyor belt keeps moving along, and somebody else is responsible for cutting out little bruised parts or getting rid of pieces that had been missed before that. And then they went through a quick water bath, and then they would end up at me, where it's my job to fill those cans, just like I described. After me, I'd put the cans on a conveyor belt that would move on to the next person, who would then fill them up with the sugar water to a certain point and then on and on down the road till they got the lid on and even the label and they were boxed and ready to go. 
Well, the machine started up, you know, and everybody gets going. And all of a sudden, peaches are coming down this conveyor belt at me. And I was so fascinated by how this works. I wanted to look over and see what people were doing at their other stations. But every time I'd stand up from my little stool and try to get a peek at what was going on elsewhere, I'd start to fall behind. And the cans would start piling up next to me. And then I'd try to play catch up and I'd be hurrying to shove peaches in. And sometimes some would end up upside down or I'd end up filling them too full so the person next to me would have to stop and get rid of extra pieces. And really, I quickly learned in this experience of sitting there for several hours doing this, that every time I took my eye off of my little portion of this assembly line, it did not go well for me. And I'd end up passing bottles on that weren't prepared. And a few times they even had to like power down the assembly line so that, you know, Elena sitting there getting behind on her peaches could catch up. I walked away that very day from this volunteer experience with my mind exploding of all the places that this idea applied. This idea that we have our own little part in a system, and if we take our eyes off of it, or if we get too concerned about what others are doing, or if I had paused and yelled at the people who kept sending me, you know, ones that they'd missed the bruises on or peach pits, it also would have slowed down what I was doing rather than just put them off to the side, toss them away. And as I prepared to talk about meaningful connection with these couples at their couples retreat, this story came to mind and I really saw the tie between it and connection, which seems paradoxical because connection happens between people, right? These were all married couples, some of them married for a decade or more. And I wanted to start with the idea that quality connection actually starts at an individual level because each of us are alone in our own emotional world. I don't care if you're side by side with the love of your life for your entire day. The last things you think before you fall asleep are in your own head. You're thinking your own thoughts in the shower, your own thoughts while you're driving. You and you alone are the only friend you have that is there with you constantly 24-7. And that relationship is the primary one before you ever even think of connecting with another person. So I want to talk about that today. Because first of all, you yourself are the primary foundation for connection. Now, the second way that I see this story applies is that connection is also paradoxical because you cannot get it from somebody else. You cannot force it. And in fact, how does it sit with you if your partner were to come to you and say, why don't you love me more? Or I wish that you thought I was cooler. Or I wish you spent more time with me. Or why don't you connect with me better? Like, how does that sit in your gut? If you're anything like me, and I think I'm not alone in this, you kind of don't like that, right? It almost feels like a turn off, like you don't really want to connect with somebody who's saying, why aren't we better friends? Why don't you make time for me? So it's really kind of crazy that we are supposed to connect with a person whom we love, but we can't really ask for it. We can't really push it or make them do more of it. So again, here we get back to this idea that connection has to start with you. Now, I want you to think back. If you're in a partnership, a romantic one, that's what you should think about. If you are not, I guarantee you have other people in your life for whom this connection idea could still apply. This could be a roommate you adore or a sibling who's your best friend. So this really can apply. I'm going to talk about it through marriage because it's too tricky every time to name every type of relationship. But 
So for the couples in that room, and what I'm asking you to do right now, I want you to brainstorm what it was that this person first found attractive about you, that this partner found attractive about you. And yeah, if you're in a romance, probably some of them are physical. That's great. Now, when I was presenting this, I even had couples write those things down. So if you're in a space and you want, write them down. But list a few things in your mind, you know, three to five things. I can tell you that my husband really liked how professional I was. We met in a work environment and he really thought I could command a room well and seemed really confident. And the way that I dressed and presented myself was just one of those things. So think about those for a minute and then just sit on that. When I was 17 years old and fascinated by how people worked, and I had just realized that a therapist was like a job that people could have. I don't know why it had never occurred to me up until that point. I guess that's probably from a somewhat blessed and boring existence up to that point. I was wandering a bookstore, which I just love. And to this day, bookstores give me butterflies in my stomach like Christmas morning. And I found the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Now, this was one of the first books that I think made it to kind of mainstream self-help marriage type stuff, you know, before all this wave of like self-help books came out. But it really was a relationship book. And I found it so fascinating that I bought it. And, you know, $7.99 or $9.99, however much it was for a 17-year-old was kind of a big deal. But that's how interested I was in this. And I remember one phrase from that book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And it was the idea, not I mean an idea, not a phrase that a relationship is like a rubber band and you have to be able to stretch that rubber band out to have it snap back together, to have that attractive force that brings people back together. And this was such a foreign concept to me because that was not what I had witnessed in any of the adult marriages around me. But think about that idea. What does that mean to you? That a rubber band pulls apart, a relationship has to pull apart to have some distance to then snap back together. Well, how I see this is that the power of your ability to connect to your partner, the power of your ability to even want to connect to your partner is paradoxically based upon how full and interesting and confident each of you are. So the more that you have to give your partner to offer these traits, these things that are interesting about you, the more you're also ready to receive their efforts to connect with you when they think you're really great and they want to be next to you and you're pretty happy and healthy yourself so you can accept that. Khalil Gibran, and I'm sure I'm not saying that correctly, is a Lebanese-American author, poet, and philosopher who lived in the early 1900s. And he wrote a book called The Prophet, which is pretty influential. And I've, I've seen and heard of it in lots of different places. But he has the most beautiful quote about relationships that really fits here with this idea of connection starts with you. Let me read it to you. He says, Let there be spaces in your togetherness, and let the winds of the heavens dance between you. Love one another, but make not a bond of love. Let it rather be a moving sea between the shores of your souls. Fill each other's cup, but drink not from one cup. Give one another of your bread, but eat not from the same loaf. Sing and dance together and be joyous, but let each of you be alone, even as the strings of a lute are alone, though they quiver with the same music. Give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping, for only the hand of life can contain your hearts. And stand together, yet not too near together, for the pillars of the temple stand apart, and the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadow. 
In this presentation I did for couples, I gave different groups each a few lines and had them explain in layman's terms what this means to them and give an example if they could. And some of the most beautiful explanations came out of that room. Like that last line, the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadow. Those are two different trees trying to grow side by side simultaneously. Or another gentleman asked, well, how do couples be one? You know, we're taught, and especially religiously, that couples should be one. But here I am saying that you got to be your own person. And I love the idea of the pillars of the temple. Any pillars that you picture that are holding up a roof, they're standing side by side, so they're separate. But they're serving the same purpose. They're reaching up tall, holding up a roof, holding up a portico. And one more that I thought was absolutely breathtaking. They talked about the strings of a lute side by side, are alone, though they quiver with the same music. Picture a soloist singing a song. Now picture another voice coming in with harmony. As you add voices, as you add individual lines that are not the same note, think of how much more rich and beautiful a song is when it has harmonies involved. This poetry, I think I could just like say amen and finish right here, is the best example of this idea that it starts with you. Connection starts with you. This togetherness is so important, but let there be spaces in it. Let winds dance between you two. Now, it's said that opposites attract, and I think that there is some truth to that. It doesn't necessarily have to mean full opposites, because that actually makes for a really difficult relationship. But there really is truth to the fact that two unique people holding the power of their own identity makes such a big difference in the strength of the relationship and the cascading effect of them continuing to find things that they can respect and admire in each other. Now, I told you one of the things that my husband found attractive about me when I was, you know, professional and kind of sharp and commanded a room. Well, Early in my 30s, after I'd had two babies back to back, and he and I were newlyweds, and I was at home being a mom and giving it my best at the time, were some of the roughest years of my life. And as I went to therapy, which I know I've talked about in other podcast episodes, I realized that so many of those things I used to be, that I used to do, so many of the things that he would have found attractive for in me if I made a list of all those things at the beginning, I was no longer doing I was no longer that person, you know, stay-at-home mom mode. I was in my yoga pants and messy bun and not at all the professional, confident presence that I had once been. Now, that's not saying that I had to recreate it, but I couldn't list anything that had taken its place, any new sorts of unique confidences about me that had filled me up and made me an attractive person. Now, don't worry, this is not just a jab at the moms or the stay-at-home moms because I have so many friends who talk about the fact that their husbands used to have a full life. You know, maybe at the time they got married, their husband was doing intramural sports or gym workouts or had groups of friends he'd get together with for drinks or for card playing or, you know, have like a, a robust sort of interesting life aside from her. But so many husbands get involved creating a career and working really hard to get that off the ground and then having their wife as their only friend. So I couldn't, I'm just laughing, picturing all these stories, you know, husbands that go to work and work really hard and then come home and want their wives to entertain them. That is a very, very different experience than when you first came together as two robust, unique, and different people. So I asked you earlier to either write down or mentally catalog some of those things that your partner would have found attractive about you at the beginning. 
I ask you now, if you could look at each of those things and rate them on a scale of 1 to 10, how much you are those things or have that hobby or provide that sort of interest to now, how would you rank? How would you rate? And some of those, especially if they were physical, may not be the same, and that's fine. But as you maybe cross those off because they're like low down on the 1 to 10 scale, do you have something else that you could plug in? Something that makes you interesting? One other example I'll give of having some space between you is I absolutely enjoy hearing about my husband's nights away from me when he comes back. He's got quite a group of guy friends and they'll, you know, he'll tell me about going to lunch with so-and-so from work or going out with a friend on such and such a night. And when he comes back, I'm always wanting to be like, what did you talk about? How did it go? And not that he gives me a blow by blow, but if he and I were cemented together at every moment, every time, we'd have nothing to talk about and he wouldn't have new thoughts and things to share with me for the time that he spends away from me. I also really enjoy going on double dates or going out where there are other people there, other sources of interest to come and create some space so it's not just you and your loved one staring at each other's eyes and talking all night long. There comes some interest and some contrast that comes in when you introduce new personalities and you'll get to see sides of your partner that are interesting that you've forgotten about or see him or her in the eyes of the people around you. That is such a powerful way to remember that your partner also brings interesting things to the table. I could say this a bunch more ways, but I won't. Your time is valuable. I just want you to think today about the ways that connection can start with you and to revisit and think, what can I bring into myself that keeps me connected to myself, feeling like I'm an interesting person, a confident person, and letting that be the foundation of what you have to give the one that you'd like to connect with. Thanks, you guys, and I wish you the best of luck. Visit www.elenajo.co for show notes and random photos along with any handouts mentioned in this episode. Find elenajo.co on Instagram for daily big picture reminders and join the big picture email list for an occasional pick-me-up in your inbox from Elena Joe. Thanks for joining us.